It's great to be back. Thanks for coming through and and listening to the podcast. This is another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. It is episode number 34. So I took some time off over the summer uh, from the podcast, and now we're, we're just a couple of weeks away from the basketball season. So hopefully, cross your fingers, this year we're going to be able to get all of those games in this season and uh, the coronavirus hopefully uh, the delta variant or whatever is next after that i just hope we can have somewhat of a normal season you know more importantly i hope we can see a huge student section uh, back into this into the uh, basketball um, facilities uh, to be able to have uh, a lot of fun with them and, and to have the packed crowds again those things i think uh, all of us would agree that we really missed all of that uh, the last season. Uh, so my guest today is Kobe Baker of Nay, Ohio. Nay, Ohio. Come on, who's going to tell me who is famous besides Kobe Baker and Nay, Ohio, right? Remember, Ned Garver, former Major League Baseball player, born on Christmas Day in 1925. Ned Garver was a member of the St. Louis Browns the first and only American League pitcher to have won 20 or more wins on a 100-loss team. He finished 20-12 and 12 that year. The team finished 52-102. and 102. <laughs> Ned Garver, Nay, Ohio. Real small, small little village, but a great place to be. And, and Ned Garver was just a wonderful man. But anyways, back to Kobe Baker. He's been an Ohio high school basketball official for just seven years And to me, he's intriguing because, one, he's a very, very good basketball official. And two, I wanted to get a perspective of a younger official who's embarking on his first full season of varsity. But at the same time, uh, he still has some plenty of varsity experience. So as expected, Kobe came through great. He has some great responses for all of us to learn. And and for you young officials, um, there's a lot of of great lessons as well. Kobe's a graduate of the University of Findlay, and he's an intervention specialist at Fairview Elementary School in Sherwood, Ohio, which is near Defiance in the northwest part of the state. So I want to thank also PQ2 LLC as the major sponsor of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Uh, Owner and great friend Matt Kearns has been a basketball official in Ohio for multiple years. Uh, PQ2 LLC is an Ohio-based engineering and specialty thermoplastics resin distributor with more than 40 years of success in plastics manufacturing and resin distribution. So if you are a processor, an OEM, or an entrepreneur who wants to engage in a discussion, uh, optimize an existing part, or develop an application, please give Matt a call at 330-888-9448. Again, 330-888-9448. This podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and Google as well as other podcast platforms. So be sure to hit the subscribe button to subscribe to this podcast. Why? Because once you do that, you'll receive a notification on your phone of any new episodes and any updates on your device when a new episode appears. So, And also, if you would please review and rate the uh, uh, podcast, I would really appreciate that. And finally, I just thank you very much for supporting the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. And if you have any suggestions or comments, 
please email me at Mark Freilich. It's M-A-R-K-F-R-O-E-L-I-C-H at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Episode 34 is just seconds away. Enjoy. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, it is fantastic to be back, and, and I'm glad to have Kobe on the show. Thanks, Kobe, for taking the time out to be a part of this podcast. Hey, Mark, thanks for having me. So as we mentioned in the intro, you live in Nay, Ohio, and, and I kind of gave a little bit of a bio of, of one famous person in Nay, Ohio. I'm just going to quiz you. Do you know who that person was that I just talked about? Uh, Ned Garber. Oh, score one for you. Well done. Well done. Yes, Ned Garber. Uh, the, the, the big, huge population of Nay, it's it's <laughs> pretty hard to find the famous person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to um, to interview Ned a couple of times uh, with my the job that I had previously uh, in publishing, and uh, boy, what a great, great man he was, and uh, just had a wonderful talk time talking to him about some of the batters that he faced, like people you wouldn't have heard of, like Ted Williams and, and Mickey Mantle, so it, what a, a dynamic guy he was, but... We are not here to talk about Ned Garver as much as that would be nice. We're here to talk about your game. And so let's talk a little bit um, in this podcast. We're going to start out in the pregame section, which is really our favorite section. Because uh, when we get to this part, we get to know a little bit about the official. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how your pregame looks. Hey Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. So in the pregame section, let's talk a little bit about your last season. Now, you've been, as I mentioned before, official for seven years. Talk a little bit about how last season went. You know, gosh, we had the COVID uh, virus uh, interrupting the whole season, and the crowds got bigger as we went along. But but talk about last year, which was really uh, your first full year of, of girls and boys varsity. And uh, talk about maybe some of the, the fun moments and maybe some of the not-so-fun moments. Yeah, it, my season started out a little rough. Um, it seemed like COVID was spreading twice as fast. Um, I had a lot of games canceled, but thankfully towards towards the end of the season, I was able to get more games consistently in, which was nice. I think myself as well as the coaches and players and other officials were, were very excited to, to start getting more games in. Um, it was definitely different. Uh, it, was, it was weird kind of not having a full crowd uh, I think that was the best part I, I always look forward to um, going into games was having the gym packed, having it be loud. Um, I know that's something I really enjoyed as a player. And even from the official side, I didn't think I would miss the fans as much, not getting yelled at. <laughs> um, but I actually I missed the fans. So it was nice towards the end of the season to get more fans in. Um, but it was definitely um, odd not having packed gyms, especially for the smaller schools. Um, during the beginning of the season, you know, and you probably could hear the fans a little more 
than in the pack gyms uh, individually anyways what they said right yes i actually there was a couple times where um there was this person sitting in towards the top row and they said something and you just kind of looked at them because like now i can point out who you are <laughs> uh previous season it was just coming from somewhere but now i know who it is because there's a lot of those people in the gym now so you're in your seventh year of officiating, um, graduate from University of Finley, and you. We were just talking uh, before this started. You're you're wow, 23 years old already. <laughs> um, I know it, it's hitting me hard. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your journey into officiating. Uh, so I remember as a kid, um, graduating. Uh, so that's we we'd always go there and, and watch the games on the weekends. And my parents always told me that coming home, I wouldn't, like, imitate the players. I would come home, and we'd I'd ask to play basketball, but I would actually ref the game. So, like, I'd be playing with my mom or my dad, um, and I'd call travels, and I'd call fouls. And and so that's, I guess it's just kind of something that I've always loved. Um, and so when I finally became old enough, I was like, hey, this is something that I want to try. I don't know if I'd like it or not, um, but I definitely want to – want to get into it and see how it goes um so i actually got my license when i turned 16 um, which was fun and i i got it when i was a sophomore in high school so i didn't get as many games my first three seasons because i was playing basketball um as well as trying to um, ref basketball as well which was kind of nice because a couple times our ad was in a crunch for officials so we would come in and ask our coach if i could miss practice because i had to go ref so it was nice because i didn't have to go to practice and i got paid to do that as well so that was kind of a win-win for me um but it's been it's been nice starting out young um because by the time that i i'm like i'm at year seven now i guess gonna be year eight next year um it's just been it's been nice that by the time I've gotten up there, I'm a lot younger um, than the other officials. Um, so I think that's better for me because when I look at it, they have more experience. Um, and so I can just be a sponge and soak up what other officials are telling me that they, how they prepare for games and that type of stuff. Well, that's a great attitude to have. And I think a lot of older officials or more veteran officials are really going to appreciate, appreciate that. And, um, uh, and I know a lot of them already have, which brings me to uh, most of the time on the varsity level, um, you're going to be officiating with a lot of older officials, but uh, I'm sure you've had to do a pregame before. What kind of things are you covering in your pregame? Yeah, so I um, didn't do as many pregames towards the beginning of last season because I was still kind of like, hey, I don't necessarily feel as confident doing the pregame. Um, I just I wanted to listen to pe- multiple people give pregames and kind of take points and stuff that I like. Um, one of two of my biggest things are communication, um, whether that's actually coming over and talking about something that we need to, because I would rather take the time to talk about something and make sure we get the call right or the situation right um, instead of just guessing what the other person's thinking um, and then totally blowing it out of the water and getting it completely wrong. Um, and then. One of my sec- my second biggest thing is eye contact. Um, so especially if we have something like a double whistle, eye contact, say, okay, you take it, go, and that way it kind of keeps the game moving. But then also that way we don't have someone inbounding the ball as we're trying to get subs. Um, so I think communication and eye contact are two big ways um, of avoiding a mess happening that you then have to go through and sort out. How did you come up with your talking points in pregame? As a young official, you know, I I think I remember, boy, a long time ago, um, uh, 
I came up, somebody had a sheet of paper and uh, they had talking points on the sheet of paper. And so I brought that in to my pregame and, you know, that lasted a little while. And then I've, I've got to know a little bit more about what I wanted to say. And so it, it kind of just evolved into that. But as far as you coming into the scene as a young official, because you're a lot younger than, than I was when I first started, um, how do you develop those talking points in the pregame? So I remember one of my first meetings, actually, um, an, an official came up and had a list of things that he liked to talk about. Uh, so I, I pulled some from there, but then I've been very fortunate um, to work even the last two seasons with a lot of, of officials. And so just listening to some of your guys' pregames, I would be sitting there thinking, oh, I really like that point. So I would pull that out and use that or, oh, I like that one. I'd pull that out as well. Um, so just between the, the paper that I first got when I was getting started and the learning from um, the really good and experienced veterans, veteran officials is where I have gotten most of my talking points. Um, but then I've also noticed there are a couple things that have happened in the game where it's like, well, that didn't go so well. And it could have been avoided like through communicating or eye contact or something like that. So then pulling that into my next pregame to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Yeah, and I'm sure it's tough, too, for a younger official to, to make sure that there is a pregame discussion because all of us know that sometimes you go into a game and, and some officials really don't want to have that discussion. They just want to go out and, and, and work the game. But as a younger official, is it tough to bring up, say, hey, guys, let's get together, or do you not have a problem with that? Um, I'm pretty outgoing and, <laughs> and pretty loud and talkative, so usually um, bringing up a pregame isn't something that I'm, I'm too worried about. Uh, there, there are times where uh, I'm not as confident, like when I'm working with working with certain officials that I'm like, oh, these guys are these guys are a lot better than I am. So we'll just kind of go with what they want to. And maybe I'll like shyly put in like, hey, do you guys have anything you want to talk about? Um, but for the most part, I, I'm pretty outgoing and pretty open um, and just pretty honest with all the officials like, hey, here here's here's how I am. Um, and so I, I usually am pretty okay with just saying, Hey, we have a pregame because I definitely see a difference in the way I officiate games. I think I feel more confident and I think I call games better if I have a pregame with my partners because I know what we're looking for um, and all that type of stuff. Absolutely. Well, Hey, that's going to be the end of our pregame. We're going to go to the first quarter, but first Matt Kearns wants to tell you a little bit about PQ2 LLC. Hey, Ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey, ref, click on www.pq-2.com. So our first quarter, we talk about coaches and communications, and I think this is always really good to talk, especially to a young official, about 
about this. So what have you learned about coaches on the varsity level as compared to some of the other levels that you've officiated? So I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is um, varsity officials are going to find you um, being the youngest person, which is it's pretty obvious. Um, no offense to most of the officials, but a lot of them have like gray hair and I, I don't have any gray hairs yet. At least I hope not. <laughs> so I, I just kind of stick out as the youngest person. Um, but they, they kind of, they, they push you to see what you can, what you can take and they see what they can get away with. And that's something to where I think if you find a way that allows you to manage the coach the best and you work on that while you're starting at J junior high and then working up to JV that by the time you get to varsity, you know how you want to handle a coach um, and you know what works best. So that way when the coach does start complaining or so something like that, then you can go to what you know um, and handle that coach effectively. You feel like you've changed at all in dealing with coaches throughout this learning experience that you had last year in varsity? Yes. I remember my first varsity game, um, Obviously, I was I was very nervous uh, about the game going in, and the coach that I had was I was warned, hey, this coach tends to um, tends to be pretty loud and pretty rowdy, uh, and so I remember my my first game, I had a coach yelling at me, and it was more of he was yelling at me, but also asking a question, and I just kind of uh, just kind of shut him down and said like we're not talking about it, and then quickly realized, hey. I'm not going to get very far treating coaches like that. Um, so I've definitely noticed that from my first game, seeing how I handled the coach to now um, has definitely been a big change because the way I started, it, it couldn't have kept going that way or I would not have been, I would not be as successful. So what do you do? Do you just take the experiences that you have or do you learn from the officials that you're working with on how to deal with that? What's your, uh, what's your mode of operation on that? A combination of both yeah. um, between talking with other officials and, and asking how they handle coaches. Like I remember there were multiple times last year where I would handle a situation and I thought I did okay, but I would still come in at halftime or in our, in our post game and say, Hey, how did you think I handled the situation? Yep. Um, and find out how, what, what their opinions were and then kind of refine it to make sure I handle the coach best. And I, I there was a couple coaches where after having them a couple times, you know, which way, um, you can, which way you got to go to kind of handle them best. Um, but between just different experiences with different coaches and talking to veteran officials has helped me fine tune um, how I manage coaches. So for the younger officials listening right here, I mean, this is it right here, asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I think that's fantastic, Kobe. That's what we need to do as younger officials and as experienced officials, we need to be able to be open to honestly answer and help out the younger officials as well. So that's fantastic. We talked a little bit about this next question. Next question. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Um, any memorable teas that you have distributed in just your first varsity season? <laughs> uh, yes. So th this one I I um, I find quite interesting. So I um, we we were coming. A kid was coming down into a layup and my partner called a foul and so the player got the ball and from where I was coming in at it looked like he just chucked the ball at my partner it like my partner wasn't looking so had it seen had hit had it hit him he wouldn't have known how it got there mm. and so I come running in and I, I, I whacked the kid with the tee 
and I was like, you know, that that was great. That was a good one. Like he 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 earned it. That was a good one. And I talked to my partners, and they're like, well, we couldn't fully see. My one partner's back was to it, um, and my other partner was blocked. So he, they're like, we couldn't see, but you called it, so we we trust you. And I was like, great, but I want to watch this one on film just to make sure. Um, and I get on film, and the kid just kind of like tossed it at him. And so I was like, well, that was, I really dropped the ball on that one. Um, but that was probably, that was my, the first tee I gave out and probably the most memorable because I, I swore he chucked it at him, but uh, he definitely did after watching it on film. The importance of watching film, right? How tough is that to, after you've watched the film and, and say to yourself, boy, I, I kind of kicked that one. Uh, it it kind of makes you, you're, I don't know, kind of makes you feel a little sick just because, um, I mean, that kid might not have any behavior problems and might never like never have any problems with the coach or officials. And now he has to take that one tee with him because I assumed that he did something that he didn't. Right. Um, so I, I for a couple of days, I beat myself up over it. Um, but then I, I kind of looked at it as, you know, it's not something to where he get he didn't get suspended. He didn't get thrown out of the game or anything like that. So I just kind of have to let it go. But it definitely um, kind of sits with you a little bit when you realize, oh, it wasn't as bad as what I had thought it was. Right. Yep. It's chalk it up to another learning experience. And you know what? That That's probably the first and it won't be the last. I know I keep having learning experiences every game for the last 20 20- four years so i'm sure that you're i'm sure that that's going to continue to happen and just embrace it and enjoy it so hey that is the end of our first quarter let's go to the second quarter we'll be right back hey ref objectivity integrity and experience all hallmarks of a quality basketball official at pq2 llc We bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. So our second quarter, we want to talk about players and communication and, you know, kind of similar dealing with coaches, Kobe. Um, how is it different communicating with the players uh, on the varsity level as opposed to maybe the JV or lower levels? So I, I noticed the varsity players, which being 23 and not that far removed from only four years removed from high school. Um, and just I look young, so I, I look like I could still be a high schooler. Um, that I think a lot of the um, players kind of look at me differently than varsity officials. Like I wouldn't say that I, they don't respect me because I think they do. Um, but just with that less of an age gap, I think they do look at me differently into where I can kind of, I will, I will look at the player if they're kind of, if they're, if they're not calm, I'll be like, calm down, relax. When you're ready, come ask me the question. We can talk about it at that point. I was like, I will talk to you. I will not yell with you. So once you kind of calm down, you figure out what you want to ask me, come ask me. I'm open to questions. Like if, if a player has a question of, hey, what did I do wrong or what do I need to do to make sure I can keep that foul from happening or whatever is called, I, I'm more than happy to explain to them because just like the players are learning from us, we're learning from the players. And so um, when they kind of get when they get settled down um, and they're ready to just ask me a question, have a calm conversation, 
then that's when I, I'm willing to stand there and t- have that conversation with them. So how have you learned to deal with the players? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that when you first started out, you're their same age. You said you started at 16 and, and you kind of had to deal with really players that, that were your age at that time. And now you're a little bit older, but you, like you said, you still look like you're in high school. Um, so in dealing with those players, how, how does one learn to, to speak their language? Um, I think just kind of being the age kind of helps with the whole lingo part of here's how things are described and to make it under, make them understand it. Uh, I think a big thing is really knowing the rule book. Um, if you can know like what the rule book is saying, um, and you can explain that to them in their own, in using like words that they would understand, then that's going to be able to relate to them more. And I'm not saying I know the rule book cover to back because I definitely, I don't have it memorized. I wish I was at the photographic memory, but I don't. <laughs> um, but I think just kind of knowing how, how the rule book has things laid out and being able to explain it to them really helps because they use, I know the rule book uses a lot of big words that these high school players or junior high players aren't going to understand. And so if you could take what the rule book says and put it in their language, that helps explain that situation to them. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick break for halftime. And when we come back, we'll go to the third and fourth quarters, followed by the postgame and our wonderful five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. So our third quarter, I just want to talk uh, to Kobe Baker uh, about the first year of varsity that you had, uh, boys and girls basketball last year. So last year, um, talk about some of the lessons that you learned in that first year. I think the biggest thing that I learned was um, patience with the whistle. I, I know my first couple scrimmages, especially, I was trying to beat the play to be done. And then after looking back on it by watching film or just kind of replaying the situation through my head, um, I realized that, oh, I could have let that play go because it didn't, the contact might not have affected the play or wow, there was no contact there. And I just assumed that there was going to be. Um, so I think again, working with veteran officials and watching film helped me become more patient on my whistle to watch the play fully through and then blow my whistle if needed. And one of the, the best things I, I learned last year was um, you'd rather be, you'd rather blow your whistle three seconds late than three seconds early. Let that play develop. And then if you have a late whistle, that's better than blowing your whistle and then there being no contact. Yeah. Talk, talk about your experience with receiving 
the advice, um, whether it's it's pregame or whether it's halftime, whether it's during the game, whether it's after the game. We hope it's it's in all th- all four of those phases. But uh, talk about some of the advice you received and how that has impacted you. Um, maybe not just last year, but in previous years as well. And and have you noticed that you've received better advice in one area um, of the game rather than the other? In other words, have you received better advice when you started doing a varsity schedule or a JV schedule as opposed to a junior high schedule? So just kind of, I know that's a lot of questions to ask, but just kind of talk about that a little bit. So I definitely noticed a big difference in the type of advice that I was getting between JV games and um, varsity games. Varsity games, um, I think, I I, I don't want to necessarily say that the varsity officials are more invested, um, but it does seem as though like most of the varsity officials will put in more time by like watching film, whereas JV, you necessarily can't get film on games. Not every not every school tapes their JV games. So you can't necessarily go back and watch all of them, which will allow you to prepare more for your next game. And so I think just being able to talk with varsity guys, watch film, uh, so just that type of stuff, I think getting advice from the varsity guys who have more experience is better um, just because they have more resources in order to watch the games. Right, yep. Um, and I definitely, there, there are some... Um, there, I've definitely received bad advice, um, and I've, I've received multiple great advice, uh, multiple pieces of great advice. So I think just kind of being able to filter, okay, what, what information do I need and what information is good? And then what information is, well, that's not necessarily right. Um, or that, that wasn't, isn't how I would handle it or something like that. Um, being able to filter what advice is good and what advice you need to look like listen to and then what advice do you not necessarily want to pay as much attention to how difficult is that you know some officials and and i've heard that before and we've talked to younger officials about like yourself about that you know knowing how to filter um the the good advice versus the bad advice um how difficult is that to do it's definitely challenging um, because I remember first starting out, like whatever someone would say to me, I wouldn't li- listen to it as good advice or bad advice. I was just like, hey, they've been doing this longer, so this is what I should do. And then as I kind of started moving up through junior high, JV, and now into varsity, um, I have a couple people where I know that what they're saying is, is something that I need to listen to. So if I'm given a piece of advice and I'm like, well, that could be, but... I'm not sure I will, I will reach out to those people and say, Hey, here's the advice that I was given. Is this something that you think I need to listen to? Or is it something that I should listen to, but maybe modify a little bit, or should I just not listen to it at all? Um, So I have great contact points where I can reach out to people that are, are great officials with a lot of experience that I can kind of run those things through and they, they give me their advice on that. So that puts the end of the third quarter. Let's go to the fourth quarter. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. 
Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. A variety of questions awaits us in the fourth quarter. So you've been doing this again seven years. What's seven years? There's there's bound to be more scary things that happen. But so far, what's kind of the scariest thing that's happened to you on the court, maybe off the court? Um, so I think the the scariest thing that I've had was actually the first game I've ever done. Gonna region, and we're we're just going up and down the floor. Have many stoppages, which is nice. And then all of a sudden the scoreboards just turn off and we can't get them to come back on. Um, so I was kind of panicking like, oh, like, oh my goodness, like, what do we do? Like, I'm not sure what I should be doing right now. Do we <laughs> like, like, we'll just, what do we do here to find out? They just um, pulled a, the wrong chair out. So they needed an all metal chair instead of a plastic chair and that fixed it. Why is that? I don't know, but um, that the scoreboard went out and I instantly just felt like, oh goodness, what do I need to do now? <laughs> And that was your first game, you said? Yeah, my first oh, game ever. Man. So after that, I was like, maybe I shouldn't go into this <laughs> thing anymore. <laughs> um, when you look at officiating, um, you are an intervention specialist at the elementary school there at Fairview. What do you gain from officiating professionally? And also, what do you gain from it in your personal life? So I think uh, officiating has helped me immensely um, when it comes to being able to communicate with others. Um, I, I look at it as interacting with the fans is a great way of looking at how to interact with parents. Um, but then I also look at it as I, for the most part, every every night you're working with someone different. Um, and so being able to work with different teachers and different staff members all day long, just like I do every night with officiating has definitely helped my professional career um, by working on communicating skills and that type of stuff. Uh, but personally, it, it's actually been a, a good connect, um, good connecting port for me. Yeah. I have a lot of people who will actually come up and be like, hey, do you ref basketball? Yeah, I do. And then we'll, we'll kind of talk about basketball and that type of stuff. And um, so I think just just being able to meet more people. Um, I've met some of some of my really good friends through through effing basketball um and so i think it's just a great great way to meet new people um get to travel different places and see different schools which is also nice um but i also think has definitely helped me very much professionally you know some of the games can become tense um just like life some of some of parts of life can be tense but on the basketball floor what kind of habits are you using to keep yourself calm and focused during some of these tense moments? So I think when I start to get really worked up, um, I just kind of sit there. If it's at, if we're at a dead ball um, or if we're at a free throw, I'll just kind of sit there and, and just give myself some deep breaths while I'm standing there, relax my body, just kind of try to tell myself like, it's, it's going to work out. It's, it's going to be okay. Um, and so I think just kind of the deep breathing that I do, just a couple deep breaths, allows me to relax, get control of myself so that way I can help get control of the situation. What part of your going into this season now, um, what kind of things do you think that you need to work on? Do you have any 
any specific things that this year you're saying, hey, I need to work specifically on this? Uh, I think movement is the biggest thing that I, I'm trying to improve on this season. Um, I've had times where I don't move enough, and then I have times where I will move too much. Um, and so I think just trying to figure out when's the right time to move, where I need to go to move in the right position, um, and that's where I've, I've been watching a lot of film in the offseason to say, okay, if I see this situation happening, where do I need to move to be in the best best position to officiate that that play that's going on um but then also like on the bait on the baseline when do i need to go and when do i need to stay um so i think movement is going to be my my top key um trying to improve on at the beginning um, and throughout this entire season well that ends our fourth quarter we have two segments left we're going to go to the post game but we'll be right back Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. So some of the best parts of basketball fishing, uh, as you know, Kobe, and in seven years, I, I don't think you've been able to experience this much until last year. It's that brother and sisterhood and uh, how wonderful that is. You know, we, we have drives to the game. Uh, we have the post-game destination. And, and so that's some, some really neat things to look forward to. But in your experience, talk a little bit about how cool it is to have uh, more or less a fraternity of officials uh, at your disposal. It, it, it's great. Um, just the relationships that you develop uh, through officiating is great. And I think one thing that really helps build that is when you're out there doing a game, all three of you are being yelled at. So you always <laughs> have one thing in common that, hey, all of us are getting yelled at, but we're trying our best. Um, but I think just like you said, the the after the game conversations – um, going out to eat after the game, that type of stuff. Um, that's where you really make those connections. Usually, I didn't ha- I didn't have this option as much last year because after a game was done, I'd have to go back and do homework um, for my <laughs> last year at college. So I'm looking forward to not having to go home and do homework this year. Uh, great, um, but I think just that the after the post game things that you can do um, to get away from the basketball court, but continue that communication and continue. Um, developing those friendships is what is going to last you a lifetime. What are you going to do? Those beverages are going to be be taken uh, after a game at some destination and not at a uh, at a college. You're gonna you're gonna have to drink in front of a crowd of adults. It's going to be different. Um, I, I'm 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 hoping maybe I won't get carded as much. <laughs> oh, believe me, Kobe, you will get carded <laughs> again. You still look like a high school kid. <laughs> I remember I went to um, after after one of my games. I went out with a a couple of the officials, and they were one official. I'm 
could have been my dad. And the other one always jokes that he could have been my grandpa. And so the, the waitress actually was like, is that your dad and grandpa? Like, no, we're not, we're not out on a family, on a family trip or anything. We just got done doing a basketball game. Well, that's a good segue to talk about family life. <laughs> so we all know that family life uh, really kind of gets interrupted with basketball officiating. However, you're 23. Um, do you still have to balance that out a little bit with the family life? Um, I do. Uh, not necessarily quite as much as, as what most officials have to do. Um, as in, I don't have I don't have kids. Um, I'm not married. I do have a girlfriend, so uh, I know I have to balance that with her because I know she would like me to be home. Well, sometimes would like me to be home more than I am. <laughs> Um, but it, it's nice that she's very su- supportive and um, wants me to go out and, and, and ref games because she knows that it's something that I'm passionate about. Um, so I, I really appreciate how she is um, willing to me- willing to let me go out, do games, and is very supportive of, of that. Um, but then I'm sure I know she likes that when I do have a night off and can can hang out with her for a night. Oh, that's nice. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> remember this if she wants you to go too often be a little suspicious no. <laughs> there might be a game yeah it might be a problem she's like you should pick up a game right <laughs> so talk about your uh your career in officiating what are some of the goals that you have in your officiating career um i think right now the the biggest thing i have the biggest goal i have is i want to i want to get a state game Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what I'm really looking forward, really working towards um, each year is trying to improve myself to get to that. Um, I was very fortunate last year to get um, some sectional games, which was nice. Um, and I just every year I'm looking to build on top of that to hopefully eventually get a state game, um, which is my, my ultimate goal. I don't know um, if if I want to proceed any farther past that. Um, as of right now, my, my biggest goal is just getting to that state level. Yep. Well, that's a good goal to have. And it's always great to be able to, um, work your tail off to get to that point. So, um, I hope, I hope you're able to do that. So that is the end of our post game. We're going to go to our five quick decisions, but first let's hear a little bit about PQ2 LLC. Hey ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. All right, we are at the five quick decisions. And as you know, oftentimes we are fed at basketball games on Friday and Saturday nights. And so the question I always like to ask Kobe is what has been some of the best food that you've had at these high school facilities? Now, I'm going to preface this because you're like, what, 
six foot and maybe 50 pounds. So I don't know if you even, <laughs> I, I don't know if you even eat at the uh, concession stands, but, it, but, but if you have, what's some of the best stuff you've had? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause usually I get sent home with like three hot dogs because the guys will walk in and be like, you need these. <laughs> so it's funny you say that. Cause yeah, that happens quite a bit. Um, I think the best food I've ever had um, was at Arcadia high school. Their popcorn is just hmm. amazing. Um, I, I, I like to eat my popcorn. Um, and so I usually have a bag every game and some, just something about their popcorn. I think just as much butter as they've got on it, it is the best, uh, the best popcorn. Follow-up questions. What's the best place you've been to after a game? So I can't remember the name of the place, um, but is a restaurant in, in Ottawa. Um, I, we went there and uh, they had great pulled pork sandwiches. I had that. Um, and I think actually all three of us had that. And um, I am looking forward to going back over there because that was that was good. I, I, I want another barbecue sandwich from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it might be the Red Pig Inn. But, uh, uh, that might be it. Yeah. Yes, I think that's right. Yep. All right. Hey, if there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Uh, I would want to add a shot clock. Um, I think a shot clock would uh, would make the game more interesting. Um, you wouldn't have two-minute offenses. So I think if I had to choose one rule to change, it would be adding a shot clock. And what do you think is the most misunderstood rule from fans and coaches? Uh, this this one drives me nuts. Uh, over the back. Yep. Um, I, I wish I could just print out the rule book and give it to everyone and be like, look, here we can all agree there's no over the back in the rule book. <laughs> Let's quit yelling it now. <laughs> and the last question uh, of the day, five quick decisions. The fifth question, what is the funniest thing either a player, coach, or a fan has in your brief career has ever said to you? So um, this one was actually so good that I was I was so mad at the coach, but I, I, I couldn't help but laugh. Um, so uh, we were kind of going up and down the game. A coach called a timeout, um, and he didn't he didn't like one of my calls, and and so I was like, hey, like go coach, like go coach your timeout. After that, we'll we'll talk when you get done um, talking to your team. And he kind of just makes this comment and he yells, are you trying to get this game over with? And I was like, no, I'm not in any hurry. He's like, well, did your mom have to drive you here because you're so young? And I, I was just like, you know, I, I was like, yes, she's waiting in the car for me. So if we could kind of move this thing along, she probably would really appreciate that. And so I, I, I didn't really know what else to say after that. And I just kind of laughed and walked away. But uh, it was that one was good. I had to tell him after the game. I was like, I'll be honest, she caught me off guard. That, that one was pretty good. Well, that's a seasoned coach going after you, and you handled it very well. <laughs> well, I think this is great. You had a great perspective as a young official, Kobe, and I appreciate the time that you were able to spend with us today on the show, and, and I just wish you the best of luck this year and look forward to seeing your progress as the seasons pro progress. Hey, thanks for having me on. I look forward to seeing you this upcoming season. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. Brighten someone's day with a smile. And God bless. <laughs>